You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We will continue on a remorseless mission to squeeze Russia from the global economy piece by piece, day by day, and week by week. One thing, of course, we could also do is to make an open and unconditional offer to Ukrainian refugees to house them in the United Kingdom. We haven't seen all of what Putin's going to do at the moment. We do not know what his end goal is. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Caroline Hepke. Good afternoon. I'm Ewan Potts. Well, let's jump straight into our special programme today. The government is expected to unveil its energy security plan next week in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, Bloomberg's told that the strategy will focus on accelerating the deployment of technology the UK is already pursuing, including significantly raising targets for offshore wind power. The government also aims to reduce demand for power and heating by increasing the energy efficiency of buildings. Well, the war and its impact on global energy markets has put into sharp focus the UK's dependence on imports to heat homes, fuel cars and generate electricity. So Boris Johnson has pledged to ban imports of Russian oil by the end of this year. And ministers are also looking at halting imports of Russian gas, potentially. But with inflation already a major concern, Johnson this week acknowledged that freezing Russia out will be painful. So what does the future of energy look like for the UK? Johnson says that green energy of all kinds will be at the centre of his strategy. But he's also considering changing the rules that govern the award of new permits for North Sea oil and gas fields to speed up the exploitation of domestic hydrocarbons. Well, let's bring in our first guest today. Nick Waith is Chief Executive at the Energy Institute, the professional membership body for people who work in energy. Nick, thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg uh, Westminster today. Now, how do we juggle the need for more uh, energy independence with with rising prices and the need to stay on track t- to meet net zero? D- a tricky, tr- tr- tricky question, I admit. Well, good afternoon to you. And I mean, the, the way I have framed this is we are in a triple energy crisis. I mean, just less than six months ago, the world gathered at COP26 and, and we focused on the first crisis, the climate crisis, and, and clearly saw some very strong progress towards that. And then in recent months, we've seen the energy price crisis take effect as Demand has picked up as as consumer confidence returns ahead of supply. And then, unfortunately, in just the last few weeks, we've seen the third crisis um, caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And I think, you know, these are going to hit consumers very hard over the coming months. And there is no silver bullet to fix this quickly. Um, Short-term government may make interventions and and try and cushion the impact, but ultimately this is not a short-term fix. 
I think the good news or the more positive news is in the long term, I think many of the solutions overlap in terms of how we actually resolve this. You mentioned energy efficiency, and I would say, first and foremost, we need to get far more efficient with using energy. Um, And there are many things we need to do, some things simple, some things uh, more difficult, but that needs to be a key priority. Second, uh, an acceleration of the deployment of renewables, exactly as you described. We've seen the rapid uh, falling in price of renewables, and we need to accelerate the deployment of them. And I think third, you know, and, and as you've mentioned, as the Prime Minister has mentioned, we are going to need natural gas. And I think we need to make sure more of that gas is domestically supplied. Um, it won't bring down prices. We get gas is priced on the global market, but it will help reduce reliance on gas from, from Russia in particular. Nick, are any, of the, are any of those things short-term solutions? Because drilling for more oil in the gas in the North Sea will, will take years. Adding offshore wind is, is not quick either. Is there, is there anything we can do in the next 12 to 24 months? Well, I, well, I think I, I would start with the first point, and, and that is all around energy efficiency. Now, clearly, we can't change our housing stock uh, overnight and not in the time period you described. But the simple act of changing an LED light bulb um, uh, from a halogen bulb can, make, can pay back in a matter of weeks. Um, getting a boiler um, checked that it's operating at the right temperature can have a significant impact on, on gas consumption. And, of course, many other simple acts like that, just simply using public transport um, or walking, cycling. You know, these are all little things, but in aggregate they make a difference in that, and they reduce individual consumer bills, but they also reduce the aggregate demand for energy. So I think energy efficiency is often forgotten, and we need to put that absolutely at the front. And then clearly through time, the growth of renewables and domestic growth in natural gas will play their roles too. Okay, we're still only just about six months on from COP26 and the climate summit um, in Glasgow. Are we on track to meet our targets, you know, to reach net zero? The the goals were pretty ambitious when they emerged, you know, for the UK and for others. Can we get there and uh, how much room, wiggle room is there now? Well, I think we've seen some very strong progress. I mean, already today in the UK, around 60% of our electricity has been decarbonized, and that's been through the rapid growth of uh, renewables, offshore wind as a particular highlight where the UK leads the world. I I think a lot of companies and a lot of countries have set net zero targets with not knowing exactly how they're going to get there. And so as well as accelerating the deployment of renewables, we are going to need new solutions. Um, We're going to need to decarbonize heavy industry, heavy transport, and clearly um, new energy vectors such as hydrogen need to play a role. So the more we can accelerate the development of these technologies, um, the higher the chance. But I don't think anybody can say right now what the chances of success of delivering net zero by 2050 really is. Great stuff. Thanks for that uh, broad overview of the energy market in the UK. That was Nick Waith, Chief Executive at the Energy Institute, the professional membership body for people who work in energy. Thanks for joining us on Bloomberg Westminster. Well, of course, the problem around rising energy prices is the impact that it's having on households that are already facing a cost of living crisis. The energy cap will increase by almost £700 from the start of next month, a rise of 54%. And that was before Russia's invasion. Millions of households will see their bills rise again, it's thought, in October. So how can those be supported? Our next guest is Stu Horn, who is head of policy at Energy Saving Trust. Good to have you on, Stu. So how can the UK in your view, tackle these rising energy prices for households as we try to get towards greater energy independence? 
Um, good afternoon, Caroline. It's great to be on your programme. Um, well, <clears throat> ending the UK's reliance on volatile uh, international gas prices has never really been more important than it is now. And I suppose we need a nationwide drive to reduce demand um, through doing two things. So we should be rolling out energy efficiency across uh, the nation. That will reduce demand for all households and it will reduce the amount of uh, gas that we need to import. So it will really play a vital role in energy security. And one of the reasons for that is that one of the, we're one of the biggest users of natural gas in Europe. 85% of our homes rely on gas central heating. Um, but also we have some of the uh, poorest performing housing stock uh, in, in the whole of Europe as well. So, so that, you know, there, are, there are two really good reasons why energy efficiency plays a massive role in energy security here. And then the other way that we can um, help uh, move away from uh, uh, imports of gas is through electrifying heat. And long-term, to meet our climate change uh, ambitions, mm. we're going to need to move to more electrification of heat, so to roll out of heat pumps to replace uh, gas boilers, um, which will help to reduce uh, energy demand as well and massively help to reduce um, gas imports as well. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the impacts on households, so, you know, long-term, that, that's where we need to be. In the short term, we really need action that addresses the costs that people are going to face because okay. these are tremendously going to cause tremendous hardship on people. Um, and uh, so that means short, more, you know, the government's produced some measures um, that it's already announced, but it really needs to go further. So it needs to look at being able to take more costs off bills and really providing support to those, to those people who need it the most. Yes, I was going to say the government's had a go at energy efficiency before for homes, you know, leaky homes. How much, how much an energy efficiency would be helpful? I have talked, I have heard from people that five percent cutting our energy use by five percent in homes would be an enormous step. Is that the sort of level you're thinking of? So, um, if we if we looked at what sort of tangible action would look like, and we think the, the climate change committee says that we should try and improve the fabric of homes to an average level EPCC by 2035. And if we, so there's lots of homes that are currently at D level of performance. If we upgraded all of those homes, we'd be reducing gas demand by 7 or 8%. We'd be reducing gas imports by 15%. We'd have a massive impact on affordability. So the difference in, in, in terms of April prices between a D rated house, average house, and a C-rated average house is over £500. So that's a really big deal for households and it'll make a really huge impact on costs, but also on energy security. I was just going to ask about insulating homes because it, it sounds like a, a, a no-brainer, but isn't the problem that properly insulating an old house, a Victorian house, costs tens of thousands of pounds and uh, nobody really wants to, to, to foot that bill, householders or, or the government alike? So you're right that there are some real challenges here. And um, finance is one of the key parts of this. So, then, so we need to be able to make this um, transition to making our houses warmer affordable. So that can be, we think that should be made available through a com combination of grants for people on low incomes, um, but also uh, through um, the availability of, of low or no cost finance for people who have more ability to pay for the work themselves might need to an incentive to spread that cost over a long period of time. Um, the, one, one of the other enablers um, that really helps to break through the behavioural barriers that sit, that sit here is about the provision of really good advice. So um, retrofitting your house can be quite a complex task and it's difficult for people to know where to start. So the availability mm. of impartial advice that's okay. personalised and helps people to understand well, what's right in their circumstances um, can be really powerful. Now, that's, we provide that kind of advice for the Scottish Government and that, that advice has been very successful in helping to accelerate the adoption of measures 
in Scotland, there's currently no impartial advice um, comp- comprehensively available for consumers in England. We think there's a real need for that kind of advice to be made available to help people to know what they need to do to, to lower their bills and also to play their role in, uh, in energy security. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Record high wholesale power and gas prices have crippled energy suppliers worldwide, leaving some running at a loss and causing many to collapse altogether. Well, at the same time, oil majors such as Shell have been heavily criticised for taking big profits as commodity prices surge. So this is a complicated period for the industry and for households. And with Chancellor Rishi Sunak's spring statement next week, how should the government respond? Well, joining us now is Charles Wood, Deputy Director of Policy at Energy UK, the leading uh, energy industry trade association representing over 100 members spanning the sector. Charles, thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Westminster today. What would you like to see uh, from the Chancellor to help tackle uh, surging prices for British households? Thank you for having me on, Ewan and Caroline. I think there are a lot of different measures that the Treasury can take. This is a global crisis, uh, so it is not something that is within the control of the market. The prices are surging across the world. Uh, so it is a very difficult situation. And as you noted, there have been a lot of supplier failures that have uh, happened in the recent months with about 26 failures, failures since uh, August. So this is a critical point for the industry. The sector is quite fragile, so we would like to see some support for suppliers. But at the same time, uh, we'll start off with what needs to happen on bills. The first thing that should happen is a consideration of some of the government costs that are put onto bills. So VAT, for example, that's 5% of the bill, and it would save about £90 per customer under the new price cap coming in April. Above and beyond that, there's about 15% of a typical domestic energy bill that's made up of social and environmental obligations placed on suppliers by the government. 
government could mitigate some of those rising energy bills, either on a temporary or permanent basis, by funding some of these policies through general taxation. It's really important that we don't scrap those policies because they are really vital to protecting vulnerable customers and to our net zero targets. So we have to make sure that they are still paid for, but taking that burden off of consumers would take a further £188 off of the next, uh, the April price cap. Mm. This is already being consulted on in order yeah. to prevent some of the distortions that happen between electricity and gas uh, and to support heat decarbonisation. But it's a question of can we do that faster? Um, there are also some parts of the sector that uh, do make a considerable uh, profit. So there are about 25% of the energy bill is uh, network costs and networks that make a regulated profit. So there's consideration of can we discount some of that regulated profit? Can we do something to funnel that towards consumers uh, in order to uh, aid them? Uh, okay. And then in terms of supporting specifically vulnerable consumers, uh, increasing existing support schemes is really important and government needs to do that quite quickly and looking at the warm homes discount, uh, household support fund and potential for new social tariffs as well. Uh, so there's quite a few things that government can do. Yeah, um, and, and, then and all of those have been kind of stabilised. Yeah, so they've all been widely discussed, those issues around VAT, the green levies, the warm homes fund. But another one that has also been flagged significantly is the idea of a windfall tax on oil and gas profits. Is the industry expecting that from the Chancellor? How much would it help, do you think? So we don't know whether or not the Chancellor will do that. Uh, it, it seems fairly unlikely, but in the case that they do... How much it will help, it depends entirely on the scale of that windfall tax. It depends on how it is attributed as well. If it is just a blanket blanket refund to consumers, that will be less effective than targeted support for vulnerable consumers. But every consumer is going to suffer more uh, in terms of cost of energy because the cost is simply rising. So it's completely down to how the Chancellor does it and what scale they do that at. So that on the windfall tax. So then you also mentioned, of course, the, the 26 companies that have gone under, the energy suppliers that have gone bust. I wonder um, whether then there are calls for more support for the energy industry, because there was there have been bailouts, of course, of, of companies that have failed, but have consumers still on their books. Um, Bulb, though, has been perhaps the most controversial. The government allocated £1.7 billion pounds, uh, for uh, the administrator of Bulb. The final tally, i.e. the cost to taxpayers, could be as much as £3 billion. Pounds. So, you know, there are quite concerns about what you know, what the bill is going to be uh, to, to consumers for supporting these co companies now. Yeah, that's, that's a rightful concern. The current failures have added about £100 to each consumer's bill because of the complexity of protecting all of those consumers. So mm. it is vital that we have some support for the sector and stabilise the energy retailers currently in the sector. So looking at, uh, firstly, the potential to soften the impact on consumers by providing loans to energy suppliers to cover the upfront costs from that significant rise in global wholesale prices of gas. Uh, and costs can then be recovered and set back to the government over a long period of time. There is uh, some estimate of the wholesale inc price increase uh, to be about 378 
pounds uh, in April. So assuming this is smoothed over two seven million homes, uh, it would effectively become a ten billion pound loan. Uh, so taking that three hundred and seventy eight pounds off of consumers' bills, but. There is also a wider need for stabilising the market, uh, stabilising the wholesale market, uh, looking to what can government do to support that sector, uh, where generators are having to buy energy at particularly high costs. It is uh, concerning. Uh, Right now, it's not an immediate risk, but it is something that government needs Mm. to be looking at in terms of the cost for generators and traders. Uh, and, and just to put, I mean, just to that, put that into context, then ten billion pounds is an absolutely enormous bill. You know, it was uh, the plan for jobs was thought to to cost sort of ten billion pounds during the pandemic. So, th- this is a huge amount of money, isn't it? Yes, we are talking about uh, large amounts of money, and I think the important thing is that some of this funding uh, will effectively contribute to continued progress towards net zero and the benefits from net zero compared to the costs of not doing anything really outweigh uh, the cost at the moment. So it's it's very much a decision for government as to where they target this support. But we have to make sure that it is addressing the needs of vulnerable consumers and that we're staying on track for net zero. We will, in the end, save consumers costs. Charles, I want to pick up on something you mentioned earlier, which is that proposal this or this thing under discussion by the government, which is to switch the green levies, which I think you say make up over 20% of bills uh, from uh, electricity to gas. Just uh, talk us through why we'd want to do that and what it might mean for consumers. And, and also, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on, on how likely that is. I'm presuming the government's not going to do it at the moment while gas is so expensive. Yes, so there was... Uh, intended to be a consultation on this alongside the heat and building strategy that came out last year. But it was delayed at that point because of the controversy around putting any costs onto bills and about where those costs should be attributed. Uh, Understandably, uh, considering about 80% of consumers in the UK use a gas boiler, it seems that there would be some unfairness regardless of if you put those costs on electricity or gas. So it's very challenging for government to figure out where the cost should go and we don't specifically have an opinion on how they should be attributed but we know that they need to be looking at it as soon as possible there should be no further delays in trying to figure out how do you attribute those costs fairly whilst continuing to deliver that support for social and environmental uh, policies that are Mm. desperately needed. Okay, so um, we know that the crisis is huge that the costs uh, will be great Just lastly, how do you think that the energy industry can contribute to sort of easing the price squeeze and, you know, keeping our energy supplies, as you say, reliable, dependent? So suppliers are already doing uh, a considerable amount uh, to support consumers. Uh, 26 suppliers covering about 90% of of customers signed up to new winter commitments, uh, which have been agreed between industry and the energy sector regulator Ofgem. Uh, And the commitments include pledges to increase awareness of the help that already exists so that consumers have easier access to it and to make it easier for customers in financial difficulties to contact their energy company. So making sure that you have the ability to get in touch with your supplier if you are struggling with your bills. And that is very much something we encourage customers to do. Um, And where suppliers 
are concerned about their bills, there are existing methods uh, in order to support them, and those commitments go beyond the license requirements for suppliers. They're already going above and beyond. Um, but as has already been stated, suppliers are currently in a difficult position. Uh, even before the crisis, Ofgem set out what costs fit on the bill, and the supplier pre margin, uh, pre tax margin was minus 1.4%. So even before the crisis, suppliers were losing money in the retail sector. And this has just exacerbated that. Uh, so there is a desperate need to make sure that these suppliers are able to continue to give support to consumers, regardless of the situation. Uh, but suppliers are really working very hard to ensure that their customers have all the information and access to resources as and when they need them. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.